Hey guys, it's Ryan. And Ashley. From Ruining Our Childhood. In case you forgot because you're listening to this episode right now. Yes. And, you know, we don't get our ads played during other podcasts. Uh, we just wanted to remind you that we're coming up on our 20th episode extravaganza. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be a Q&A episode. Yes. We're going to answer your questions that you <laughs> that have just been burning in your brain about me and Ryan. Go ahead and just DM us on Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood or... And we're on Facebook at Ruining Our Childhood. Yes. And just let us, you know, just ask whatever question you want to ask. Yeah. When did we meet? How yeah. did we meet? Yeah. Who are we? What are, what, what what are you we doing, doing for here? a living? Yeah. Uh, what are our favorite oh, movies? Where am I? What is our least favorite movie yeah. ever? Just, yeah, go ahead. What, Throw in what do we like outside of movies, maybe? Yeah. If you want to know. If you don't want to know, then that's fine, too. Yeah. If what? you guys don't, we'll just, like you said, we'll, we'll do some generic questions. But we would really like you to send us some questions our way. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you want to know about me and Ryan. Enjoy the rest of the episode, guys. Bye. Bye. Two newly paired cops who are complete opposites must put aside their differences in order to catch a gang of drug smugglers. This is Ryan. This is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood. Childhood. A weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. That's correct. And if you're just joining us, hey, what's up? What's going down in your Why town? Why are you just listening to our 17th episode? Yeah. There's so many to choose this from. This podcast can go attend an R-rated movie by itself. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we're a married couple. Indeed. Uh, who've been married forever. Nine years. Going on nine years. Going on nine years. There we go. We love movies, and we've always bonded over movies. Yep. And we have a large collection, so we're just re-watching some of our favorites and deciding if they're even that good to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> in some cases. And in other cases, we just like rewatching some of the ones that, that actually do hold up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just fun to rewatch. Yes. And be able to... Like Austin Powers. Yes. Which isn't episode we just did last week yes so go back and listen to it yes definitely it's hilarious probably i haven't even edited it yet so who knows it could be a total total shit show <laughs> yeah <laughs> some, some of them are you know yeah i'm not i'm not afraid to say we're not not perfect we're not perfect at all no we're far from perfect um if you can't guess we're doing the 1987 classic 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 i, just, I didn't say you just skipped right over like 1987 classic yeah, like a normal yeah. person yeah. that says words normally. <laughs> Lethal Weapon. That is correct. Starring Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Yes. <laughs> was that Donald? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I remember my uh, childhood best friend, still mm-hmm. a good friend of mine to this day. His name is Daniel. Uh, has a same last name as uh, Glover. <laughs> Why did yes. you just give his address? Yeah. Uh, childhood <laughs> best friend. And uh, he, I was at his house one time when we were kids and he had ordered like a calendar, or not a calendar, like a catalog from uh-huh. like the, from a bas- basketball team or something. And the person who mailed it to him wrote on the address label or something like, say hi to Mel Gibson for me. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I'm sure you got a lot of those jokes. Yeah. Oh yeah. He definitely had to have. 
But yeah, sorry to give out your full name. He would just prefer that everyone know him as man, and he has a job and drives car. Yeah. That is him. He does not like all this, so he'll be thrilled to hear it all. Yes. So. Exactly. Would you like me to tell you about our film? Yes, and also 1987 facts. There you go. This movie was released on March 6th, 1987. It had a budget of $15 million, and it grossed $120 million. It spawned a total of three sequels. Yes. In one television series. Yes, uh, which, if you type in Lethal Weapon into the internet, it automatically goes to the TV series. Yeah, which I don't know why. And it's annoying. It's terrible. Because you should know what we're talking about. Google. Yes. Google. So, uh, popular Google. shows from 1987 are... The Cosby Show. Yes. A Different World. And different World. Cheers. Man, NBC had a lot of popular shows. Yeah. Popular songs. Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer, was the popular song when the movie was actually released. Nice. Huey Lewis and the News, Jacob's Ladder, and George Michael, Faith. Popular nice. movies. Three Men and a Baby, Fatal Attraction, and Beverly Hills Cop 2. Dose. Dose. So, so yeah. What are your earliest recollections of this film that came out when you were not even a year old? That's true. <laughs> I want to say, and I think I said this in a previous podcast, uh, that my dad recorded, he would record movies from TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think we were talking about the commercials in yeah. one of the episodes. We were talking about watching amazing commercials mm-hmm. from when our parents would record movies from yes. TV. and. So I think he had, that's how we had the movie for the longest time, was on a VHS tape mixed with another movie. I couldn't tell you what, what it was. So I remember watching with my dad and my brother, and I don't think I saw any of the sequels. I remember when the fourth one came out. What did that come out? Like, 98 or something yeah, like 98. that? Yeah, mm-hmm. And I remember re-watching them, and I don't think we saw the the fourth one in theaters. I think we just rented it. So I vaguely remember the movie... I honestly think I remember what was the movie that came out? It was like the parody and it had Emilio Loaded S- Weapon. Loaded Weapon. I think I remember that more because we rewatched that so much, me and my brother. But it had Emilio Estevez and I can't remember. And Sam Jackson. Was Sam Jackson mm-hmm. the person? Why did I think like Damon Wayne's was? I don't know. Because I always think, when I think of parody movies, I do think of Wayne's. Yeah, the Wayne Brothers. <laughs> yeah. The things I remember from this movie are probably stuff that happened in Loaded Weapon that they, like, were making fun of Lethal Weapon about. So, I'm excited to watch it because I probably haven't seen it in a good 20-something years since wow. I since I was a kid. So I was introduced to the series uh, when I was a kid by my next-door neighbor. I remember watching the third one. Mm-hmm. When it so that was probably when it came out on like VHS in like nineteen ninety three. I saw that one. I didn't see Lethal Weapon one or two until the fourth one was coming out. My parents, I remember at like Christmas one year, they had bought us the first three on VHS, mm-hmm. and we watched all three of them. And then I remember when the fourth one came out, we went and saw that in theaters. Yeah. So I was a fan of them all, but I kind of saw them out of order. Because obviously, yeah, I was two when this yeah. movie came out. Like, yeah, my parents weren't taking me to see Lethal Weapon. And if they did, I would have no recollection of it. Right. But I would say this was also how I got introduced to Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. Like, I didn't know who any of them, these actors were until I saw these movies. That's true. And I became a big fan. Like, I enjoy Mel Gibson's work to this day. I know he's uh, 
done some unpopular things and some wrong things, but I, I always liked his movies. This might have been the first movie with him in it that I saw, or Braveheart, maybe? That's possible. I didn't really understand it when it first came out. No. I just know my brother was really into like historical movies, mm-hmm. and so I would just watch it with him, whether yeah. I understood it or not. But uh, the th- the only thing I really remember from this movie is just Danny Glover's character, you know, always complaining. Yeah, too old for this shit. Yeah, which it, it's something that is referenced in so many movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing I remember the most about it. Also. I could be confusing them because, like, I'm like you. I haven't seen these in a good almost 20 years. So yeah. this will be very interesting. But I remember piecing together that, okay, he was retiring, I think, in the first one. Like, he was, like, two days from retirement. But then somehow he's still on the force. Like, the last one came out in 98. So 11 years later, he's still working? Hang well, it up, bro. Some people get bored. In retirement, my dad hates it sometimes. Yeah. There's only so many times you can mow your lawn, man. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Because I honestly don't remember anything other than Mel Gibson's wife is dead. Yes. And that's why he's such a, a dick face. Martin Riggs. Is that his first name? Yeah. Oh, it is. It says right here. I remember it's Martin Riggs and I don't remember Murtaugh's. Uh, Roger. Roger Murtaugh. Roger Murtaugh. Yeah. So... Those are the names of the important people. There's some other ones, so we won't give them away because there's a lot of... I can already think of some famous people that are in this, so it's going to be delightful. I honestly cannot tell you anybody that's in this. Okay. So, yeah, I'm excited because I get really excited about seeing, like, random people, and I'm like, oh, shit, this person was in this movie? And it's exciting when it's a movie like this where it could be somebody who has a real small part, and this is one of their first acting roles. Like, yeah. that's... I love how we watched... The movie that had Michael Pena randomly in it. Was it. Gone, uh, in gone in 60 seconds. seconds. It's like, Michael Pena is a pretty big actor nowadays, and he was just a little bit itty-bitty part in a movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely like those. Do you think it's going to hold up? I think it will. Okay. Because I think if you think of it as a concept of, it's probably one of the more famous buddy cop movies. It's mm-hmm. something that's referenced a lot, like I said earlier, and it has, like, an iconic pairing, and obviously it spawned a TV show. Yeah. So it's definitely part of our culture, and I think because of that, it's going to hold up. Like I said, I haven't seen it in such a long time. I couldn't even tell you. Obviously, I know they're cops. Yeah. And they have something to do with drug smugglers. Mm -hmm. Literally have no clue what else is happening in the movies. I almost feel like I've never seen this movie, but I know I have. Yeah. So I'm excited. I have no clue if it's going to hold up as far as dated references. You know, maybe there'll be some jokes that don't hold up to our pc culture Possibly. but i i think it, overall it probably will hold up yeah i think it, i agree with you uh buddy cop movies are i've always enjoyed them mm-hmm. going back to like i love the rush hour movies and even most recently um the heat with sandra bullock and Melissa yes, mccarthy like it's they're hilarious they're well done and this is, in a way, the one that kind of started it all, at least mm-hmm. in my mind. I'm sure someone's going to be like, well, there was this one. So, But it's one of my favorites, so I think it's going to be funny. And like you said, they a few years ago, they found it necessary to make a TV show that I remember watching the first episode of the TV show, and it followed the first movie very closely. So, okay. So I agree with you. I think it's going to hold up. I'm sure there's going to be some things. I'm, I'm hoping some for some good dated references, though. Well, The thing I think that will probably date it is probably the action sequences. 
because mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that dates action movies from the 80s and 70s is like the fight scenes. Oh, yeah. The choreographed parts mm-hmm. are a little. They're not, they're not as good. Jackie Chan wasn't good on the choreography and, for it. Or, you know, like, I think it's always a joke where it's like, oh, that guy's waiting for the other guy to fight yeah. the lead until he decides to punch him. Like, yeah. Like, everybody's right. really patient when, <laughs> in fight scenes. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. So, you said it will hold up? I'm saying it's going to hold up, yeah. I don't know if you officially said that. I can't remember. I, I can't remember either. I gave every reason why I thought it was going to, but I don't know that if I actually like gave it the Ryan stamp of approval, this will hold up. Okay, so we both think it's going to hold up. Yes. Just real quick, too, if you don't own this movie. Do we own this movie? Yes, we do. Okay. If you don't own this movie, you can rent it from Vudu, Google Play, Amazon Prime, and YouTube. It doesn't look like it's on any uh, Netflix or Hulu type services, so that sucks. Lame. Yeah, it, it does suck. But if you're cool like us, you own it already, so yeah. you don't have to worry about it. So if you want to watch the movie before listening to the next... Segment. Segment. Segments. <laughs> then we're going to go ahead and hit that pausey pause right now. Mm-hmm. And go watch the movie, and we'll come back and discuss Lethal Weapon. Did you want to say Are you going to do our song this whole time? That's not even our song. I kind of did my own version of it in my head. <laughs> Just don't do anything. It was that like won't a combination of that song and Baby Shark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, why? I have no we idea. We don't have even children. How do you know that song? But it's it's a cultural phenomenon. Okay. All right. Hit the pausey pause. Okay. Bye, guys. And we're back. We just finished watching Lethal Weapon. And we're going to go ahead and break down our movie like we always do. So get your cell phone that's attached to an external battery (laughs) that has an antenna on it. And let's get ready to talk about some technology. What pieces of amazing technology did you notice? The... That's Rupert. Yeah. They probably can't hear it, though. They've heard it before. Well, he is the official dog of the yeah. Ruining Your Childhood podcast. Our, our childhood, not ruining your childhood. <laughs> well, we are ruining everybody's childhood. That no, is correct. Just kidding. Um, the first bit of technology that I saw in the movie was in Riggs's trailer, which mm-hmm. is Mel Gibson's character for anybody that doesn't know. And he has like this tiny little box television that mm-hmm. reminded me of the TV I had until I was like 18 in my bedroom. And, you know, he... Sh- shot it because <laughs> no he threw a beer bottle into it yeah into that one yeah which apparently the beer bottle was made of like a brick right? because it went right through the television i was like were television screens made with really thin glass back then it just <laughs> seemed or is he just so. that strong i hear he does throw randy johnson fastball so oh okay that could well, be that could that be the problem sense, yeah uh but yeah i noticed that as well and then uh we talked about the cell phone. Uh, there's a bunch of console televisions, the ones that are in like the wooden box. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which were uh, pretty awesome. Uh, one that I noticed, and it's it was just kind of, it took me back, was Danny Glover's character, Murtaugh, gets uh, some evidence delivered to his house mm-hmm. for the case they're working. And it's a VHS tape. Uh, it's a naughty video that he watches. <laughs> but it's in this old black case. 
Yes. And I remember like we had, it wasn't like the, you would get those little paper slip cover cases that yeah. were on VHS. It was like, it wasn't like in a legit black hard case that I think we only had like one movie that had that. So I thought that was kind of funny. I do remember it. And it just reminds me of video rentals too. Yeah. Because most of them were in the solid cases. Yeah, that would be exactly like, although those ones were usually clear, but that's exactly right. what it was. It was just a black version of that. So yeah, it's a good point. Uh, do you notice any other ones? The other thing I noticed was uh, towards the, I guess it wasn't the end. I thought when I was writing this, I thought it was um, more the end, but it was when they, they were confronting the bad guys because the bad guys had kidnapped Murtaugh's daughter mm -hmm. and they were in the middle of the desert and the general yes. is the character's name is listed as general on Peter McAllister. Peter McAllister. That is his name. The father. The father. <laughs> Home Alone reference. Um, he. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized that I heard. I heard in part of the movie, I heard Riggs yell McAllister, and I was like Kevin McAllister, and I did not put. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think they ever said like Peter McAllister. Like I just yeah. picked. Like, I think that he was did say General Peter McAllister. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. but he was wearing this headset that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, he looked like he was going to go go on tour with New Edition. He right. was Bobby Brown. Right yeah, it, was, it was pretty great. So, yeah. No, that was uh, pretty awesome. And then also I did see a Mitsubishi television, which I don't think they made. Was that the one? TVs there was anymore. the really nice house that they went to that was part of the drug ring. Mm -hmm. It was like a nice mansion. There was the two girls like just hanging out, pouring heroin into baggies, <laughs> and they smiled at the two yeah. cops, like, not realizing and they were, were like, in lingerie almost. Yeah. yeah. Because that's As what you, you do. do. Anyway. <laughs> but there was, like, a big television. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking in 1987, that was, like, a really high-end television. But it was oh, still yeah. super small. I want to say it was, like, 32-inch television. Oh, yeah. No, that was elite back then. Uh, Riggs was watching it, watching, like, football on it or something. Yes. While they were just hanging out. Mm -hmm. I, he was, like, admiring the television. That would be, and like, if somebody had, like, an 85-inch television. That's true. It. Shout it's out just, to Kyle. It's just funny. That <laughs> yeah. That was a thing. Um, and then the other thing I noticed, and I did make a note, it was in Murtaugh's house, the bad guy, Joshua, yes. is inside their house towards the end of the movie, and he shoots the television i was mm -hmm. like does somebody have something <laughs> against televisions in this movie because didn't like so it. many televisions were harmed in the making yeah. of this movie no animals no only televisions only televisions yes so that was that was all i had that's all i had as well awesome oh i did want to talk about the music score because holy holy saxophone saxophone I uh, never knew there could be so much saxophone in, I was, in a score. It was annoying. It got annoying at times, yeah, like, definitely. It seemed like every time there was maybe like a lull in dialogue. It was like... They doo -doo 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 -doo. Clapton did the music for this. Yes, Eric which is amazing. Clapton, I didn't know that. He should be banished from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because of as much saxophone that he put in this film. I will say it did date the movie yeah. and it reminded me of a TV show I used to watch with my dad. It was the in the heat of the night. Yes. It reminded me of that because mm -hmm. it was just so dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> um was there anything else for the technology? No, that's all I had. But good awesome catch sax. on that that saxophone. <laughs> Jazz so, sax. 
Let's move on to kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our teens where we talk about fashion and dated references. What did you notice? As far as fashion, this should be in the Smithsonian, in my opinion, and that is <laughs> Mel Gibson's hair. Yes. It is so voluminous. It was like a modified mullet. It was. And I'm tempted to go get a haircut tomorrow and be like, make me look like Mel Gibson. You're going to need hair plugs in the back. <laughs> you don't <laughs> I have need the more. length in the I back. I need more. Yeah. Oh, it was glorious. I was like, damn. That mixed with he wore tight Wranglers. I don't know if they're oh, actually yeah. Wranglers, but that's the only thing yeah. I can think of. Tight ass pants. Mm-hmm. He'd always be wearing like a white shirt where you could see his nipples. Which and that's for everyone. The and like cowboy and boots. But they were like snakeskin. Yeah, they boots. were. Those don't seem like comfortable shoes to be running around and you know, yeah, mm-hmm. putting everybody's lives in danger. And he always had a gun tucked in the front of his jeans. He's waiting to blow his yeah. off. Yeah. How does that man still have a penis? I don't know. I, I said penis. Yeah. You didn't want to apparently. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, his uh, fashion. It's funny because like at the same time, I didn't look at it and go, man, that's some 80s fashion. There was a couple people that had a little 80s vibe going on, but it wasn't like they looked like they just rolled out of Miami Vice. Murtaugh just wore suits a lot. So that wasn't anything crazy. They were like a little dated with some of the, like the style of the wool suits that he was wearing. But at the same time, you're like, okay, yeah, it's not bad. The other thing I noticed was in the scene uh, that we we just talked about a little while ago about where they go into the house in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. and the guy that ends up shooting a machine gun at them. As you do. He's wearing these really big sunglasses that I can only compare to the sunglasses that older people wear. The ones that go oh. over your glasses. Yeah. The day blockers. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And... I thought the guy was old because he was wearing like a track suit and then he was wearing those. And I was like, oh, that guy's really old and he was just shooting a machine gun. But then when he falls into the pool and they show his face really like, close oh, up because he's, like, he's like choking. Yeah, I'm like, he doesn't look that old. It just <laughs> seemed really old. Yeah. And then the other thing I noticed was uh, Trish, who is Murtaugh's wife. At one point, she's wearing this really long pink sweater with leggings. Mm-hmm. And it, they have these huge roses on them, and she's wearing like a matching headband. I was like, "That, yeah, that's that's beautiful." Eighties, right? That's there. totally eighties. I, I feel like she just got back from an aerobics class. <laughs> then uh, there was a, a a couple little kids that help them when they go to uh, one of the prostitutes' house, and the house yeah. blows up. Dixie. Yeah, Dixie was her name, and the kids are trying to help uh, describe the suspect, or they're going to try to get the kids to help. And the one kid is just wearing 3D glasses, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was awesome because yeah. I was like, you know, when I was a kid and I got a pair of 3D glasses, like whether it was in like a little kid's like highlights magazine, I totally wore them all the time like an idiot too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Dixie was another one that in the scene that the one scene that she was in at the beginning, she's wearing this metallic. Oh my Lord. Silver blazer. blazer? Yeah, yeah. Like an oversized. She looked like a. High class. High class. Prostitute. I don't know if she's really high class, but... I just wanted to be able to sing that. But let's talk about the murder suspect... Not suspect. Murder victim. Yes. In the beginning of the movie. I think her name was Amanda. Amanda Hudsinger. She lived in a really nice apartment. Yes, she did. And then they were kind of really vague about... She did porn, Mm -hmm. but she also was... They also said she was a prostitute. She was a prostitute, yeah. 
But yeah. it sounded like she had like a sugar daddy that was paying for that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because I must miss that. I did see like when they pull up there and they're explaining to her, uh, Danny Glover's character, they're explaining to him like about the murder. Mm-hmm. He was like, I want to know who's apart- who's paying for that apartment. Like and yells at the guy. Oh, yeah. Like unnecessary. I remember that part, but I just didn't. I don't know. Anyway, did, was there any other fashion? Or should we move on to dated references? Uh, I think that's all I had. As far as fashion. So, what did you have any dated references? Is what I'm uh, asking. The one dated reference that I saw was like, and you mentioned a Danny Glover's kitchen. He had paneling on all of his appliances, which yes. I liked. That was all I really had uh, dated references. <laughs> oh, uh, the one thing I noticed, or well, there was a commercial playing. It was one of the scenes where he's just at home, and there was this ultra cheesy Alka Seltzer oh, commercial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's amazing. And then just the the only offensive oh. reference was done by Riggs. Yes. A.K.A. Mel Gibson. I feel like maybe he ad libbed that, and I'm like, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh. The, um was in the scene where he's being tortured mm-hmm. by Joshua. There's yes. another henchman who just happens to be Asian. He's just like, who's the chink? And I'm like, I, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, he said it. And, you know, I, I was going through this movie going, it was made in the 80s. Mm-hmm. There's going to be dated references like that or dated or like offensive things because apparently it was hilarious to make fun of minorities and, oh, you know, women and all these other groups but i was surprised there wasn't really any of that and then all of a sudden just towards the end of the movie i was like you guys were doing so good <laughs> and then he had to do that but yeah honestly that was the only yeah they did offensive very well joke so for the for the most part mm-hmm. and i i did want to point out and because i'll just do it in this category that the amanda in the beginning scene i just like how she was just like laying out with her boobs out mm-hmm. and just doing some heroin or coke or something. Yeah, as you do. Some sort of substance that she Let was... the ladies hang out. Is that a thing? And cool. I don't... There's just movies that I feel like they they do nudity just for the sake of doing nudity. And it's it has no point. But I guess you could say that about a lot of things like Game of Thrones and stuff. I remember seeing uh, Swordfish. Uh-huh. Which had uh, John Travolta and Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry. I remember. And I remember when we left, I think my brother looked at me and goes, that's cool they wanted to show Halle Berry naked and all, but it was the most pointless thing. Like, she was literally just outside without a top on, sudmathing. That's that's my thing. Is You're like, this added it's one nothing thing if it's to like the a movie. sex scene or, you know, all the times I remember from like a kid seeing it was... Usually in some sort of stupid comedy where they would break in yeah. on girls dressing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, they're getting dressed. Not not, yeah. not just, I'm just laying here with my boobs out doing but, drugs. But then they gave us all a gift. By the showing. The next scene. That's true. Mel Gibson just gets up and he's walking around with his ass hanging out. He did have a nice butt. Yes. So. He was the it, original. It was an even trade off. Yeah. No, really and there's was. nothing wrong with showing boobs and stuff. I just think it's... It added nothing to the movie. It, it I did, get what yeah. you're saying. Like, yeah, you're like, uh, I get why you show that, but really, that was pointless. Right. Do you want to move on to our next category? Well, hello there. Yes. Is that a yes? Yeah, that was a yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, this is our category where we talk about any cameos or famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we may have forgot were in the film. Who did you notice? I, first of all, Darlene Love plays Murtaugh's wife. Yes. I was pretty excited about that. This is actually the first thing I knew her as Trish Murtaugh before I ever knew who Darlene Love was. I knew the Christmas song yeah. that Darlene Love sang. Never knew that this was the person that sang it. Yeah. Mind blown. I was surprised. Yeah. And I mean, she's, and she's I guess, more notably as a singer, right? I yeah, would she's think. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She was in yeah. like the initial class of it. So I, just, I think that's kind of funny. Out of all the actresses in the world, they're only in love. I don't know if maybe at this point she was trying to make a transition into it's acting. Because like, I know, she, like I said, she's in all of the Lethal Weapons. and Yeah. Yeah. But no, most notably, pl- saying Christmas. Yes. Baby, please come home. That is correct. And, and it is a delightful Christmas song yeah. that you might not recognize the name, but you've definitely heard before, people. Yes. <laughs> if you've watched... It's probably used in a lot of Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. Home Alone. Definitely. Maybe something else. Yeah. New Girl, because she makes a cameo. Yeah. It's a great cameo. Darling love. I noticed uh, Mitchell Ryan. Uh, he played yes. General Peter McAllister. And uh, G- Mitchell Ryan was... Probably most notably on Dharma and Greg. That might be what he's most known for, but he was in a ton of stuff. He yeah. was in Judge Dredd and I recognize him Liar, as being Mini Driver's dad in Gross Point Blank. Yeah. With my favorite John Cusack. That is correct. So yeah. I I kept looking at him and going, like, where's this guy from? And then you told me Darman Greg. I'm like, I didn't really watch Darman Greg, mm-hmm. but so I was excited about that. I didn't no Gary Busey was in it, so I was pretty excited. Yes, as Mr. Joshua. Especially since we just watched Stranger Things and Jake Busey was in that. Yes. Wasn't didn't have a huge part in it. No, but I, no spoiler alerts, but he's looking more and more like his dad though. He is. I'm yeah. Kind of definitely. Yeah. And then uh who else was there? There was a very, very small part. It was mm. an underage hooker was the, the line. <laughs> was the name of the character. Mm-hmm. And it was played by an actress who was in Heather's. She mm-hmm. played Betty Finn, who was Veronica's childhood friend, who was like a nerd. And I didn't realize she's Renee Estevez, sister to Emilio and Charlie Sheen. Yes. So I was pretty excited about that. Yeah, I, did, I never knew they had a six, uh, sister. Sister. And easy for me to say. We uh, also looked it up and she, she, I guess she's in West Wing. Like, all of the seasons of West Wing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Fun fact. Yeah, definitely. And then the last one that I had was Mary Ellen Trainer is her name. Yes. She was the wife to Robert Zemeckis and was in a bunch of movies. She was in Goonies. She I think was, she was she in played, Die Hard. She played the mom in Goonies. Yeah, the mom. She played uh, Bran and... Lucas? No. No. Why Mike. Mike. Mike, good. Sorry. God. Yeah. For Brand being Mike's one mom. of our favorite movies of all time, we Literally, really can't name characters. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I remember her from is she plays Ed O'Neill's wife in Little Giants. Yeah. So yeah, she was yeah. in a ton of stuff. So she was. She played the um, police department psychiatrist. Literally, I looked her up because because you said she had passed away, and I was like, when did she pass away? She was just listed as psychologist. She didn't wow. even have a name. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Considering she's a pretty well-known actress, yeah, I would say. Not, I'm I mean, surprised Murtaugh's wife had a name. Yeah, that's the true. The way they they're like female character, <laughs> underage hooker, psychologist. Correct. They don't need a backstory. No. 
Did you notice anyone else? My boy. Low flying helicopter. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. We and decided if- we will credit any helicopter as just... He's going to be a character from now on. Low flying helicopter. Low flying helicopter. If uh, you listen to our Gone in 60 Seconds episode, which if you haven't, stop what you're doing go right now. Pause this episode, go listen to that, and then come back. Yes. Because it's amazing. But also because low flying helicopter. That was made... his, this uh, low. This is one of low flying helicopters' early works. Uh, one Possibly. of his earlier roles. He had been in a lot of things, and then he appeared in Gone in sixty seconds and really stole the movie. Right. I I don't get why movies are like you know what let's have that helicopter fly right behind the limousine, not above it. No. 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 Right behind it. Right, right behind it. Almost so low that it's almost on the ground. Yes. And also just picking up dust because mm-hmm. they're in the middle of a desert. Yeah. Spin around a couple times mm-hmm. around the group of people that are trying to have a meeting in a hostage situation. They drag that out. It like circling around for like two solid minutes. Honestly, I thought the general was in there because he's the big villain, mm-hmm. him and Joshua, yes. who is Gary Busey, mm-hmm. and there was just henchmen in there. That was the best part. I'm like, why Why are you taking so long to, to land, man? Oh, you can make a point that there's three villains. There's Joshua, general, low-flying, low-flying helicopter. helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was mm-hmm. delightful. Definitely. Should we move on? Uh, Yes, we shall. The next category is called, Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot. Is Mm -hmm. it believable? Is it not? Are the casting choices good? And then we talk about our funniest and most cringiest parts of the movie. What did you think about this plot of Lethal Weapon? The only part I I was a little confused as to why, like, I get they kill a hooker. Meaning Joshua and the general, like, in their little crime ring, they kill a hooker. But then I don't understand why they're investing so much in energy into basically kill Murtaugh and Riggs. They're really not good at being villains because I feel no. like if they would have, okay, just killed the, I forgot his name, Michael? Michael Hunsinger. Yeah. Yeah. They kill his daughter mm-hmm. who happens to be a prostitute and possibly a porn, porn star. star. I don't know. They kill him, her because... He's he wants to come clean about his involvement in this drug smuggling ring. Yeah. Well, they kill him, and then they should have just ended it there and tried to lay low. Instead, they're like, let's murder two cops. Yeah. And let's not do a very good a job at it either. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There was a lot of issues I had with this plot of this movie, because the other thing I have, and this a lot of action movies are guilty of this, it's the... Whole concept that police officers can run around, do whatever they want, yeah. as long as they get results. Because mm-hmm. that's realistic. And even at the beginning of the movie, they mention it. The I don't even know who he was. It was just like a character had one line. But when Riggs is trying to stop an active shooting situation by just walking up to the window, yelling at the guy, and then hoping the guy shows himself so he can shoot, shoot him. him. Yeah. The guy was like, you're crazy, but you get results. Yeah. Like, he just put a bunch of people in danger. No. If you're an officer or, uh, you know, FBI agent or somebody working in law enforcement, this movie must drive you insane. 
I would think a lot of action movies. Because like you pointed out, there's a scene where Mel Gibson is chasing after Gary Busey. Yes. And he, they run through a club where there's like a band playing and there's a ton of people. And Mel Gibson is just shooting at him in a crowd of people. Yeah. Does not care. I no. I mean, they do establish that he is a really good shot. He is a marksman. But, but he doesn't hit him. That's true. He's that's just true. shooting. He doesn't hit him. Luckily, he didn't hit any of these other innocent bystanders that are just hanging out. And then later, like a couple minutes later, he's in traffic, just firing a machine gun. <sighs> it's it's just amazing. What was, uh, how did you feel about the casting choices? I like the casting choices because I, I did think even down to like a uh, minor part, Darlene Love was really good and believable, actually, as like Danny Glover's wife. Yeah. I love Mel Gibson in the movie. He's a little intense. Sometimes it's almost cartoony. Um, yeah, definitely. Is. But even I do like Gary Busey. Like, it's bad that in a lot of ways I only know Gary Busey from him just popping up on interviews acting a little crazy because of his accident and then possible, I don't know, maybe drug usage. But it's easy to forget that he was a good actor yeah no he was a good villain yeah he was a really good villain in this movie so i was just like oh it's kind of nice that like he was a good villain uh mitchell ryan was a good villain like everybody was decent i didn't have a problem with the casting choices like i always felt danny glover and mel gibson had very good chemistry they do and believable like obviously it led to four movies so i didn't really have any issues what about you same <laughs> I actually didn't write any notes at all for this category, oh. so apparently I didn't have any gripes about it. Yeah, that's so. a good indication. There's times where you're like, oh my lord, what are they doing? Although, uh, we looked up ages, yes. and that, it doesn't really go with the movie, is Danny Glover is 50. Like or, his or, character. His 50, Murtaugh. sorry. Murtaugh is 50. Right. Danny Glover was actually 40. Yes. Mel Gibson was 31 but murtaugh asks him about being in vietnam and he said he was he, yeah he was like yeah i was in the phoenix group in vietnam and stuff and i was like well then you would have been like what 14 did you lie about your age yeah. i mean obviously they have 18 year olds so i don't know maybe he's supposed to be almost 40 yeah and then the other one is the lady that plays danny glover's oldest daughter we couldn't tell her age, but we knew she was grounded and couldn't go out with her boyfriend. And I'm going to say she's at least a teenager. Maybe yeah, she's she not in high school anymore, but I, I don't know. She seemed like she was about 17 and had a crush on Mel Gibson's character. And turns out she was like 27. Yeah. So it made it a lot less cringy that she would she have a She looked like crush. a baby, though. She, she didn't did. have a baby face. Yeah. So uh, what was your funniest moment? I don't know that it's so much funny. Uh, but it's my favorite moment. It's when they're in the shooting range. Uh-huh. And Mel Gibson has talked up how he was a good shooter and he hit a guy from a thousand yards, mm -hmm. like in a windstorm. So they go to the shooting range and Danny Glover sends the target about 15 feet or 20 feet down range. And he like does like a quick draw and shoots it and he brings the target back and it's right, you know, dead center, right where the guy's nose would have been. He's like, yeah, I still got it. So then... Martin gets in there and he sends the target all the way to the back of the range, takes out his gun, shoots it a bunch of times, brings it back, and he turned it into a smiley face. Yeah. And he's just, as you pointed out, he's whistling the whole time, but it doesn't appear that Mel Gibson is actually, or humming. Yeah. I, I don't think he was actually doing it. It was something no. I did in post. But that was my favorite. Going back to when I was a kid, I loved that scene and uh, I still thought it was funny and neat. 
Mine wasn't, it was funny to me. Mm-hmm. I don't, it wasn't supposed to be funny and it was just something I found that was over the top and ridiculous was towards the end of the movie, Murtaugh and Riggs are back together and they're like, oh, we need to find Joshua, Gary Busey's character. Mm-hmm. And he knows where I live. So they assume that he's going to their house and to distract them, to distract Joshua, who's in their house looking for them, they crash a police car into the front of the house. Yes. The only thing I can think of is why. Yeah. It's just so over the top. There's probably a back door you could have went through. It's one guy. Yeah. I mean, yes, he is military trained and... They could have literally just stood in front of the house and yelled, Joshua, because that's who he's looking for. So he's yeah. going to be happy. And if they would have just yelled his name, he would have came outside. But they... And, like, there's got to be another way. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of was... Murtaugh's wife being like, I'm not going to question you as a police officer, but I feel like there's something else you could have done to distract him (laughs) and not drive a car into the front of my house. Yes. Maybe. It didn't seem necessary. There was a lot of things that didn't seem necessary. Now we have a hole in the front of our house at Christmas time because you idiots. Yeah. And you just crashed into the Christmas tree. Yeah. And presents. Yeah. Everything's not, ru- Christmas is ruined because of you two idiots. Yeah. 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 Pretty yeah. much. Was there anything else as far as funniest moments or? No. Mm-mm. Do you want to go on the cringiest? Yes. What was yours? The ensuing portion of the scene where you have just talked about is the car crashing and now Mel Gibson's character Riggs is going to fight yes. Joshua. Sure. And they go in. Uh, For whatever reason, there's a fire hydrant that got crashed into, so there's just water spraying, so it looks like it's a rainstorm. They're fighting. They're doing, actually, it wasn't a bad fight, like how you talked about sometimes you're like, you feel like the villain's patiently waiting. Yeah. But because it was like a one-on-one thing. Mm -hmm. But my favorite part was, at one point, Gary Busey catches uh, Mel Gibson over his shoulder. Right. And he walks over, and he performs what is John Cena's finishing move. Okay. On the hood of a car. Sure. He, Which I've seen John Cena do to someone on the hood of a car. He does it. Mel Gibson got right up. Right. Cause... That's not realistic. Pro wrestling taught me if you do that move on a car, <laughs> you will be out for at least a referee's three count. At least. <laughs> like you could have. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ring the bell. Gary Busey, champion of the world. That's true. And it didn't happen. We do need to talk about that scene because what the fuck? <laughs> why? Why is it a scene? Why yeah. Why is it so important that Riggs fights Joshua? Yeah. They're in five seconds in the movie together. There's no... I was just like, did I miss the scene where Joshua said he killed his wife? Because they never really explained how Riggs' wife dies in the movie. Yeah. In the TV show, they did. That's, I remember. That's, yeah, they did. But in this, they didn't because apparently it didn't matter. Whatever. I don't get why he needs to fight other than because they were in similar military backgrounds. That's the only connection. And then how 20 cops are just like, okay, we're doing this thing. There was a couple that are like, dude, we need to get in there. What are you doing? And Danny Glover's like, I got, I'm on, uh, I'm in charge on scene here. how does he let him do that? I'm Sarge. I'm going to let him fight him. He wants to fight him. I'm going to let him. It doesn't make any sense. And then he put, again... And then after the fight, mm-hmm. they're Mel like, Gibson won. M- Mel Gibson's like, arrest him now. And He's so these cops champion. grab him. He grabs a gun from the, the cop that's trying to handcuff him. 
And he, so he almost just put a bunch of cops in danger yeah. just every, so he could fight them. Every episode you ever saw of cops, they yell at the suspect to get on the ground. Right. And put their hands out. And they have like three guns on the guy. And then somebody comes over and cuffs him. Apparently, whoever directed this, uh, Richard Donner, never watched an episode of Cops, nope. as I've stated in on previous episodes. And you also have a little bit of a law enforcement background as well. We both worked in law enforcement. We have friends that are police officers. Yes. They must rip their hair out watching this. I, I, I don't know. Like, no, this is police skill. This is the first week of training. You get the guy on the ground and you it's have just, somebody holding him at gunpoint. It's just funny to me because I feel like, obviously, all this is a movie. Mm-hmm. We know that. Yes. We don't expect him to be completely accurate. I just don't understand what was necessary to the plot that they fight. And then I'll... I, I just don't... It, there's no... It wasn't like he was like, I knew Joshua way back when and we had yeah. a beef and he killed yeah. my wife. Like, yeah. no, it was just... For no, fun. It would have made more sense that Murtaugh would have wanted to fight him. Because he Murtaugh, threatened he, his daughter. And he kidnapped his daughter. Yes. Like, it would have made more sense. But Riggs is like, nope, I gotta get out here and... I, I honestly did not get it. I didn't get he it He should either. have just arrested him. But with that said, like, it's one of those scenes I love to watch because it's so annoying. It makes... It gets my blood up and I'm like... Sure. Running. I'm like, I wanted to go like freaking give him an AA on a hood of a car. It was awesome. That's pretty much, you just summed up the point of the whole thing was because it was awesome. <laughs> it was Because awesome. they could do it, which is how we explained the whole helicopter thing and gone in 60 seconds. You know? It was the worst part of the movie, but also, also the, the best, best part. <laughs> uh, what was your cringiest scene? I don't even know. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. So basically... Throughout this whole movie, plenty of people get shot, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of people die. Yes. How come nobody knows how to act like they're getting shot? It's, it's amazing. It's so cringeworthy. If you were to pay attention to it, it's so bad. The one that I wrote down initially was in the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where uh, Riggs is talking to these guys about drugs and he wants to buy the drugs and they're in a Christmas tree lot. Mm-hmm. And... They realize he's a cop and there's a guy in the truck of Christmas trees behind them mm-hmm. who just starts shooting at his own people, which doesn't yeah. make sense, right? Doesn't make sense. But the first guy that gets shot, his face and his body movements are just crazy. I think it's funny in older movies like this that I, obviously, let me just put a disclaimer. I've never seen a real person get shot before. Me neither. I've never... So I, I don't know how people how it looks mm-hmm. thankfully but it just it just seemed really over the top like people are flying like when uh mel gibson spoiler alert gets shot and yes. he manages to get blasted through a storefront window right how powerful is that gun and then we pointed out he just got shot yes whether he's fine or not they don't acknowledge it on the radio officer down they don't they don't they're just like they're let's like, go on in the next oh, thing let's get uh let's get over here to this car and he's up walking fine in about 20 seconds yes he just got shot with a shotgun right yeah and then uh when michael rogers vietnam friend gets shot and killed his acting was amazing too he's like Ugh. like the, I, I can't even do it 
Well, and this was something that I had noted down for like additional edits, which you, uh, when he gets shot, he's holding an eggnog carton. Yeah, I'm like, what? And somehow, apparently the bullet went right through him and out the front of him and right through the eggnog carton. And it just sprung like this little leak. It was amazing. It was so unnecessary. It, it was. There was, I think that's the thing about action movies made early on is there's just some things that are just so over the top. It doesn't make sense to me how people saw those and were like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Or that's so realistic. I, I don't know. Yeah. Do uh, you have any other additional or... I don't think I had anything else. Okay. Just just the whole concept of the fact that Riggs still has a job, even though they know he's he, needs he has some issues to because be of his like wife's death. Leave. Yeah. yeah, and he just puts himself in danger and everybody else around him just because he has issues. Yeah. No, nobody would allow this guy to be working. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. Never. And this the psychologist, who we point out, doesn't have a name. She's just the psychologist. The psychologist, that's correct. She, you know, she mentions it to a couple people and they're like, whatever. Yeah. Mental health wasn't a thing in the 80s. No. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like you're crazy or you're normal. There's no in between. Exactly. And they mention that a lot in this movie. They He talks, I'm not crazy, I'm not crazy. And I'm like, if you just told people, hey, I'm still dealing with the traumatic events of my wife's death, which they never explain. Yeah. But she's dead, obviously. Maybe they'd be a little more like, oh, he's not crazy. He's just having emotional issues. But men aren't allowed to have emotional issues either, so. Suck it up. Yeah, basically. And also, this movie came out in 87, and I want to say her headstone said she died in 85. So he's had these issues for a while. Yeah. And they've done nothing to help him. Right. It's awful. And sadly, I think that's something that actually still occurs. Oh, I'm sure. They're just like, suck it up, man. Get back out there. Should we move on to our awards? Yes, we shall. We give out two awards because it's award season, as always. Right. And the first is the Valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. And who did you give your award to? I had our time with this because, honestly, I was thinking overall in the whole movie, there wasn't a lot of characters. They yeah. they focus mainly on Riggs and Murtaugh, mm-hmm. and they don't even establish the villains that great, I don't think. No. So the person I did end up giving it to was just because she had a little more screen time than other people was Rianne Murtaugh. Mm-hmm. Tracy Wolf is the actress's name. She played the daughter of Murtaugh. Who gets kidnapped. And it was purely because she seemed to overact yeah. a little. Not so much in the beginning scenes. I mean, she was in love with Riggs a little too quickly for my liking. But in the scene where they're in the desert and they're trying to get her back from the villains. Mm-hmm. And Riggs starts sniping off people. And, you know, a fight ensues. And she's just jumping up and down and screaming. And yeah. I'm like, just do hide or something. You're... You're gonna get shot. I've never been shot at. Yeah. In that type of a situation, or any situation for that matter. But it seems like I would be running for cover. Right. Or running towards, I don't know, my dad, who was right there. Or running away from the people that are shooting. Yeah. I don't think I would just stand there and scream. And she was jumping up and down. Jumping up and down, which she did for about 30 seconds. That's all she did. That's pretty much, yeah. yeah. And that's why I give it to her. And just at a later when they're in the like the warehouse mm-hmm. area and they're getting tortured 
And she's just screaming every five seconds. And I'm just like, shut up, man. Yeah. Your screaming is not helping. Yeah. Again, I don't know what I would do in that position, but I feel like the damsel in distress thing is just, I don't know. It always reminds me of the original Night of the Living Dead, where the main character is Barb and she's just so, she just screams and that's all she does. And I'm like, why is she a character? It's yeah. very annoying. Yeah. I agree. Who did you give yours to? I gave it to Michael Hunsinger, the Rogers, oh, like... Vietnam buddy. Vietnam buddy, because, like you said, it would have made more sense that they just kill him and be done with it. Right. I thought it, when he dies, it's just cringeworthy. Like you said, like, nobody knows how to die. And he, like, out of everyone in here, like, I thought the villains, which, like you said, really weren't established, but they were good. No, the acting. So it's almost like you're giving. I was giving it to him by default, and a close second would have been Rianne for me, like because of that. It was. I thought he. They could have just gotten rid of. Yeah. Because it would have made almost sense that they were investigating his daughter's death, and that's why Joshua and the general zero in on Riz and Murtaugh. Like it was almost like he was an unnecessary character. He was. He mumbled too whenever he talked. Yeah. Like in the two main scenes he was in. Where he's talking to Roger or Murtaugh, he he mumbled. And he also, he didn't seem to care that his daughter was dead. Yeah, he wasn't very, uh... Like, you watch a sad. movie where, like, when someone's, they're really upset about it, and this is, you know, that's a traumatic thing. He did, he's like, that like, ah, silent, cool. like, stare off into the distance thing. Yeah. I don't know. Why is he in the movie? And it was just pointless. Oh, and a close second would have been low-flying helicopter. I he... would give that my Tom Hanks award. Okay. <laughs> Should we move on to the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting? Yes. I gave my award to Danny Glover. Uh, It was close for me. I thought he was better than Mel Gibson in this one. Mel Gibson, there's at times in this movie where he is extremely over the top. Yes. Where I thought Danny Glover had, like, concern for his well-being. He thought Mel Gibson was crazy, and he's like, you need help. So I thought he was good. He didn't also just write him off and keep calling him crazy or anything like that. Like, he it seemed like he wanted to get him help. And I just thought he was a really good actor, and he was delightful in it. He does make the part, and that's why I also chose him. Why do we always choose the same people? It's very annoying. I should say I I had initially was going to give it to Mel Gibson, but after a while, I was just like... Tone but I agree with down. you, Mel Gibson. I almost wanted to give him the Nicolas Cage, but he's a good actor. Yeah, it's just his character like did stuff that I wanted to like wring his neck for, mm-hmm. and I'm like that has nothing to do with his acting ability. That's how the character is written. Yeah, I also gave it to Murtaugh because he he really makes the part. He is Murtaugh, and I mean he has the most iconic line. You know? I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, it's referenced in so many things. Yes. And just the whole, I'm going to retire in a couple days. and Which, I don't actually think he was retiring. I was he? Th- I think th- I'm confusing that with the second one. I think it was I the think second one, the second one, yeah. one where he's going to retire soon. Yeah. I-, I was waiting for him to say it, but... But also the whole trope of, like, in Beverly Hills where his... It, it's like Axel Foley's partner or like mentor. And he's like, I'm going to retire in two days. And then he dies. Yeah. Like that's also kind of a action movie cliche. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking along the lines of that. 
Yeah. But he, I mean, he is getting too old for this shit. He really is. He's 50. Yeah. Uh, although he's actually 40. Yeah. Which I think it's crazy. I'm like, there's nobody else. There was no other actor close to that age. I guess. They just like spray painted some silver into his hair or yeah, something. Yeah, into his beard. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think he was just, he was kind of funny. And to be honest with you, because I didn't really remember this movie that much. It's actually a really dark movie compared mm-hmm. to what I remember. Yeah. It's not like your typical buddy cop movie like Beverly Hills or Rush Hour where there's a lot of comedy. It's it's pretty dark. They're mm-hmm. dealing with... Like, even just like the first situation where they're dealing with a freaking active shooter that are shooting at children. Yeah. Which is a little hit and a little too close to home in the, these re- recent years. Yeah, he was literally sniping kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's dark as fuck. Yeah. And then people are just, you know, dying left and right. Cops are... I always feel bad in action movies. I feel like there's always those nameless cops that just get shot for no reason. A lot of them are kind of just standing around like... They're doing things that an actual police officer would never do. They're not going to just stand around. Like, they're running around trying to save lives and, you know, doing stuff. Like, in the movies, there's always just a cop standing on the sidewalk just talking on a radio like that or sitting happen. in the car yeah i'm like no that's no that's not believable. which i mean cops do sit in their cars a lot but they have to get around <laughs> well yeah they gotta drive yeah they're not just sitting there like, but I, mean, I was just thinking about the end scene when uh gary Busey's character just pulls up to murtaugh's house and there's a, a unit on it mm-hmm. and he just shoots him and the best part is i think murtaugh and riggs are already there so they just allowed that to happen i don't because they that... had a sign they had a sign that said, to the bad guys. That's a good point. Like, then, that's confusing. So you're just allowed two cops to die? You bring up a real good point. A... Because then also, they get shot. We don't know that they're dead. Yeah. They just got shot. And by... Like, I feel like he shot one in the face. Well, Murtaugh's out there letting Riggs have a WWF match against Gary Busey. That's delaying medical treatment to these other officers right? that were shot. That is a good point. Somebody else is taking care of that because... Ugh. I, this movie should be renamed Not Police Procedure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it makes me wonder how many people as children watch this movie and they're like, I'm going to become a police officer because that and Die Hard and gave me these cop. expectations that you can do whatever the fuck you want. Well, they don't show the officer having to write 30 hours of paperwork for this accident where he just let a car crash into a house. They don't show that. And Murtaugh having to... Yeah explain to a police captain or chief yeah. who, who doesn't exist in this movie surprisingly what happened yeah you let a cop car crash into your house we're not paying for that yeah that's coming out of your pocket and i feel like insurance wouldn't pay for that either no they'd be like you did that on purpose <laughs> yeah we don't cover that just so he would come outside ring a doorbell i feel like you could have did anything else because his family wasn't even in the house anymore so that's why I think unless he called them and told, hey, hey, leave this note real quick and then leave the house and I'm probably going to crash a car just to distract him for five seconds. And ruin all the Christmas presents. Ruin all the Christmas presents. Irresponsible. Mm-hmm. That's what they should call it. Irresponsible weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Irresponsible weapon. Uh, so moving on, I guess. Mm hmm. Do you think this movie holds up? I know we've kind of poked fun at it a lot. Yeah. But I do think it actually held up. Okay. Like, there's parts we've addressed and that are 
stupid, but I think at the end of the day, it was still a really entertaining movie. Uh Like you said, it's dark. It's not as fun as the sequels. A lot of them, there's a lot of fun stuff, especially when they introduce Joe Pesci's character, Uh which I think is in the second one he's introduced as Leo. And those are a lot more fun than this, but I think the movie in general, I don't know why I thought it was going to be funnier than what it actually ended up being. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as funny. But I thought it was a good movie. I thought, like we said, Danny Glover was fantastic. Even Mel Gibson was pretty good. He was. Any movie with low-flying helicopter, I'm a big fan of. So I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. But at the same time, I don't think it was bad. Okay. How about you? I'm still a little on the fence, but I'm going to say it doesn't hold up. Because I think there are better action movies out there. Ones that have been made recently or... I also feel like a lot of the stuff that happened in this movie, it wasn't cliche at the time, but now it's become a cliche. And I think that doesn't help. And the score was really over the top and cheesy. But at the same time, I do like the characters mm-hmm. and the acting. And the overall movie was fine. Yeah. I just don't think it holds up. I, I think I'd rather watch other action movies overall. Yeah. The one thing you did hit on that I just... I would almost like to see a version of it that does that hit. It's like a director's cut where they take out the score and maybe put just like a normal. Don't even put anything. Just oh. Leave it. Just take well, it out. Well, you have to have some sort of music. How are well, we I mean, supposed like, to know how to feel? No, put some songs in it, but don't have the like every time there's a lull in dialogue. Yeah. We should have counted how many times they go to a saxophone. It's well into the 50s. No, it's like every five seconds. Yeah. And it's really loud at points. Yes. It's distracting. It's very distracting. So that part I agree with you. I just, I did think it was a good movie. I I could watch it again and enjoy it, but I don't blame you for going like, yeah, it's a little over the top and there's better buddy. There's definitely buddy butter cop. (laughs) There's Betty butter butter cock. Come back. Take a shot. Uh, Cock. Cock. (laughs) Betty better. Buddy Cop Cop Movies. movies. (laughs) That was great. That's what I was trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) I would possibly rewatch it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put off the table completely, but I just don't think it holds up to as a kid thinking it's the best action movie ever. Agreed. So. We'll definitely maybe down the line have to do the other ones yeah because i i mean i didn't remember much of this one but i definitely don't remember any of the other three okay. other than isn't renee russo in one she's in like at least two of them and chris rocks and chris of rock them. yeah yeah so i remember that but that's yeah. about it but definitely so that's it first guys we disagreed it's a rarity but it happens it happens we ask that you always go ahead and uh, think about writing us a review and maybe a little subscribe on iTunes if you are so inclined. Yes. Tell some friends and family. Yeah. And even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, because if you're listening to us on like Podcoin, definitely listen to us on Podcoin so you can get some get a know, little points. De Niro. But if you do have an iPhone and you have access to iTunes or uh, podca- the podcast app, mm-hmm. if you could just go on there and review us, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Because Podco- I wish Podcoin did have a review section or even a rating system, but yeah, they don't yet. Nice. 
So hopefully that's something they do in the future. Mm-hmm. What else do we want to say? Uh, every time. I don't know what I'm doing. You can throw us a follow on Facebook at Ruining Our Childhood. That's where we post our polls, which this uh, had won a poll. That's, yes. how, that's why we're reviewing it. So we'll do those occasionally. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram. Yep. At Ruining Our Childhood. That. Mm-hmm. And Twitter. At ROC Movie Podcast. Why are you looking at me like I'm forgetting something? No. Oh, you should see his face, guys. He's judging me just staring you down it's because i said i didn't like lethal weapon anymore yeah somebody's sleeping on the couch tonight that's all i'm saying oh have fun with that oh well done (laughs) so yeah so that's it we'll see you guys next week we don't know how to end a podcast 17 episodes in bye 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 okay bye Hey guys, we want to talk to you a little bit about the PodCoin app. Yes, the PodCoin app. It pays you to listen to Ruining Our Childhood as well as your other favorite podcasts. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards for some of your favorite stores. What? Starbucks? Check. Amazon? Correct. Target? Seriously, guys, this is pretty legit. Join the PodCoin app today on iPhone or Android, and I said join, but yeah. I meant download. You've got to download And it. use code RUINING to get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. That's 300 PodCoin for using R-U-I-N-I-N-G. That's how you spell ruining, just in case you don't know that. Yes. So if you're basically listening to podcasts all day anyways while you're working or driving or doing anything, might as well make some money off the deal. Am I right? Yeah, totally. I mean, free coffee for something you're already doing sounds awesome. Fantastic. It does sound fantastic. <laughs> Take a shot. So go give the PodCoin app a try today. And also don't forget to listen to Ruining Our Childhood and make some money, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye.